Hello and welcome to this IBR Extra, a podcast from the Iowa Business Report. I'm Jeff Stein. In the 11th edition of our program, which aired during the second weekend of March 2020, we discussed rural development efforts in Iowa in advance of the fourth Iowa Rural Summit, originally scheduled for late April but now postponed to August 19th through the 21st in Cedar Rapids. Bill Menner is Executive Director of the Iowa Rural Development Council. We spoke via Zoom on March 11th. For those unaware, what is the Iowa Rural Development Council, first of all? Well, the Rural Development Council is is really a partnership. It's a 501c3 nonprofit organization. It uh, brings together federal agencies, state agencies, nonprofits, educational entities, associations, utilities, for anybody and their cousin who has an interest in rural communities and the future of small towns in Iowa can be a member of the Rural Development Council. And in frank, frankly, uh, we would welcome them. It's, it's not a pay-to-play group. Well, we do have members who will write us checks who are sustaining members. A super majority of our members do not pay us anything but we value their input and their insights and their energy. And we like having them you know, in the room when we start brainstorming on what are the things that we can do to help rural communities? Um, what, what are the ideas? What are the best practices? So the, the council is, I mean, it's a very formal structure. Um, state rural development councils are included in the farm bill. There is enabling language in every farm bill since 1993. But we really kind of came back to life in 2009 and then took on a life of our own, a new life of our own in 2016 when we hosted the first Rural Summit, which was in Jefferson on a snowy November day. And then ever since then, it's kind of picked up steam and momentum and members and uh, we're going gangbusters right now. It's very exciting. The fourth summit is scheduled for this spring. The last two have been in Grinnell. You're going to a different location. Talk about how the summits themselves have evolved from the first one you mentioned in Jefferson to these most recent two and how that lays the foundation for what's going to happen in 2020. Our chair of our executive committee, Sandy Eric from Farm Bureau's Renew Rural Iowa program, said to the the executive committee in 2016, we're wasting really good people in the room. We have some of the most powerful entities in the state and we're not leveraging them. And that's when the idea for the summit came up. She said, what if we bring people together and talk about solutions to issues confronting rural places? And um, so we kind of made things up as we went along. I was at USDA at the time. Um, We have some utility folks on our executive committee um, folks from Iowa State and UNI are, are there and uh, state economic development officials. And we kind of threw together that summit in Jefferson. The one key f- piece of that was we said, if a community wants to come, they got to bring a three-person team. And we were really um, hard about that because we thought that it's important for somebody who comes to a meeting like this, where there are lots of ideas, towns sharing their best practices, for them to go back home with some momentum already. And the momentum of having a three-person team already on board, it was really important and it resonated with the attendees. So when we sort of did a survey, do you like the three-person requirement? They said, yes. 
So year the summit two in Grinnell and then summit three in Grinnell, we continued with that. But the summit kept getting bigger. We finally outgrew the Hotel Grinnell in Grinnell. Uh, we realized last year when we had almost 400 people there, we, we simply couldn't do it in a centra- more or less centrally located rural community anymore. And we also wanted to celebrate community colleges and doing it at Hotel Kirkwood, which is on the Kirkwood Community College campus, which is run more or less by students in their hospitality arts uh, and restaurant and food service by students in their culinary arts program. We just thought it was a great way to recognize, celebrate, and learn more about the role of community colleges in Iowa by doing it on a campus surrounded by students who are learning their craft. Having attended portions of this the last two years in Grinnell, I really find it fascinating how the individuals who come from a community dialogue with each other, connect with each other, and network with each other in a very different way than they might when they're back home. It has been such a unique thing from, again, my vantage point, and it obviously has to be gratifying for all of you, but there is something to be said for not only requiring that broader buy-in, but getting them out of the familiarity of the, the hometown where their minds might be limited by, frankly, what they see around them. Now that, that's an interesting perspective. You know, I think let's just say that we did a series of town meetings where we took a team to a community or brought other towns to share best practices. Yeah, you might have a different experience, but you put them in this, we'll all almost call it a neutral playing field, a neutral site with everyone coming to the table with ideas or issues or templates for success. And they don't always kind of hang out together based on population size. They, they, they wind up connecting with each other based on something they heard that was interesting or a topic that was of particular interest to them. We have a whole, we have nine different breakout sessions this year because we, we heard from the attendees the last few years that they really want to dig into particular issues as opposed to a broad housing session or broadband, or rural leadership, they want to, in some cases, get into the weeds, because that's where they need to be if they're going to drive that issue in their town. It has been my experience this is anything but a passive set of sessions where, yes, there are some large sessions where people take in the information, but you really encourage that active discussion, that level of people interacting with the experts that you bring in on a variety of topics, what are some of the seminars or sessions that you have scheduled at this point for 2020? Again, a great point. And we've listened to folks from past years, and we've actually reduced the number of plenary roundtable sessions. We have a couple keynote speakers on Friday morning. We do have a couple of panels, one with a group of community college presidents, talking about the way they're innovating in small towns. And another one with a group of, of, of small town leaders who have really driven home strategic planning. It's called a road to the rural vision. Um, it's hard to do that work of strategic planning in a really effective way. And we actually are pulling together a panel of four folks who have done that. But those are big roundtables where everybody's in that, that big room of maybe 500 by focusing our breakout sessions, 
on real life case studies, success stories, and not people who are talking theory or Bill Menner getting up there talking about why leadership's important, but instead getting someone, for example, one of our, we have three tracks this year, facilities and projects, um, critical issues, and facing the future. Now, those are broad and you can fit a lot of things in there. But for example, the first session under facilities and projects is small towns and big projects, stories from the field. And we're going to hear from folks in Brooklyn, Iowa, about the Opera House down there. We're going to hear from West Liberty and their cultural center. We're going to hear from Casey, Iowa, talking about how they did a big downtown facade project. So it's not theory. This is the minutia of how this particular town did this particular project. In some cases, I, I guarantee you that folks in the room are going to ask, how did you pay for that? How did you put the funding together for that project? You know, there's another session later on in the day about the role of the arts, arts in making a, a rural community an exciting place to be. Uh, we have a session on healthcare, you know, and healthcare innovations. How do you assure healthcare delivery and access in small towns when maybe your clinic is closing? Uh, or maybe the doctor has left. Um, how, how do you continue to maintain some level of access? And there are some really innovative things going on. So I think that the important thing about these breakout sessions is that they're storytelling opportunities, but we leave lots of time for Q&A and the banter between the people who are in the room wanting to hear those success stories or case studies and those who actually experienced it. As you mentioned earlier, you have been involved with rural development now for more than a decade on a everyday full-time basis with the USDA and now with the Rural Development Council and the other work that you do through the Mentor Group. What have you seen over the course of the past 10 to 15 years with regard to rural development? Is it getting the attention it deserves? Are people rallying to it? Is it getting the momentum necessary so that a state like Iowa can thrive and not just in a few counties where there's a large city? Here, here's, I think, my, my biggest takeaway is that rural development is happening in places irregardless of population. So it's not the Grinnells or the Decoras or the Carols. It's not the bigger, mid-sized cities necessarily that are doing it well. It's the places who have leaders with a vision and a community that's willing to support that vision. So you can have a town like Manning, population 1,200, or you can have a town like Bancroft, population 700, or you can have a town like Preston in Clinton County, you know, with population maybe around 1,000. They're doing amazing things because they have leaders who have an idea of what they think they need, and the community supports those efforts toward that transformation. You have a lot of towns that you may have problems, you may have potential solutions, but they have not been able to come up with the confluence of the public support and the leadership, whether it's, it's elected leadership or civic leadership, making these things happen. But, but there are lots of places where the leadership doesn't exist, the vision doesn't exist, and the desire for change doesn't exist. And those are the places where the lights aren't on and where the next generation is looking for places to live. They may choose not to go there. So people always ask me, is there going to be a, a bunch of ghost towns coming up in Iowa? And the answer is 
Yeah, probably. But those are decisions that are made at the local level. Bill Menner, executive director of the Iowa Rural Development Council. The fourth Iowa Rural Summit is now scheduled to be held in Cedar Rapids August 19th through the 21st. It was, as you heard, originally to be held at the end of April. More information can be found online at iowardc.org slash summit. The Iowa Association of Business and Industry is a supporter of the Iowa Business Report radio program and podcast. The Iowa Business Report airs weekly on dozens of radio stations across the state of Iowa with the podcast posted right here every week, along with additional IBR extras. I'm Jeff Stein for the Iowa Business Report.